welcome to Be Ready, where we are preparing our hearts and our minds for the return of our Lord Jesus Christ. Last time we talked about some New Year's, New Year's challenges, we could call them. We talked about asking the Lord for a theme verse, and meditating and memorizing the Word of God, and looking into the new year with that kind of a mindset of asking the Lord, what is your vision for me this year? And how can I draw closer to you? Because that's the essence of what we were looking at last time. So how is that going for you? How is the, the theme verse? I think I shared last time that the Lord gave me a theme based on Psalm 62 verse 1, where it starts out, For God alone my soul waits in silence. That the Lord is teaching me to, to be quiet before him and to distill my soul. And that's still a work in progress. I'm still, still many times have trouble taking time to be still, quieting my soul, but uh, continue to seek the Lord for his help with that. Meditating and memorizing the scripture, that's uh, a difficult discipline. How is that going for, for all of you? It's a wonderful discipline, but hard to become, to make a habit. And I would have to say it's been something I have uh, gotten out of for a while lately, uh, getting busy or just getting out of the, the rhythm of it. And so this is a reminder as I share these things with you that I I uh, ask the Lord that he would help me to get back into that and in my quiet time with him to to meditate on the word and, and, and commit it to memory because the scripture says, I have hidden your word in my heart that I might not sin against you. And we know that Jesus used scripture many times he uh, quoted scripture many times uh, throughout his teaching and his life. And of course, he was the word of God. But he had humbled himself to a place where he had learned the scriptures when he was young. And so he's an example to us. Now, today, we're going to get into the scripture that we've been going through. Um, if you were with us the last time, at least the last time before... Uh, January, back in December, we've been going through First Peter. And so we've been in First in Peter chapter 1. If you haven't heard that, uh, please do go listen to one of those episodes. And we're going to start today on First Peter chapter 1, uh, verse 22. If you have your Bible, please do follow along. Verse 22 of chapter 1. Having purified your souls by your obedience to the truth, for a sincere brotherly love, love one another earnestly from a pure heart, since you have been born again, not of perishable seed, but of imperishable, through the living and abiding word of God. For all flesh is like grass, and all its glory like the flower of the grass. Grass withers, and the flower falls, but the word of the Lord remains forever. And this word is the good news that was preached to you. So put away all malice and all deceit and hypocrisy and envy and all slander. Like newborn babes or newborn infants, long for the pure spiritual milk, that by it you may grow up into salvation, if indeed you have tasted that the Lord is good. Excuse me, I think I added a word to uh, the word the there, and my translation um, farther down says uh, infants instead of, I'm used to the word babes. 
so we were probably using different translations on that note. You might have, you most likely do have a different translation of the Bible, but the words uh, mean are different ways of saying the same thing. So one note on this is that I'm looking at certain parts. We're not doing verse by verse. It's a wonderful way to study the Bible. Doing, they call it expository, line by line preaching, where the teacher will go verse by verse. And for the purposes here in this podcast, because this is more of a topical podcast, we are are just hitting certain parts. So just a note on that, we're not hitting every part of these in these passages. Having purified your souls by your obedience to the truth for a sincere brotherly love. It's and right after that verse, it says, Since you have been born again, not of perishable seed, but of imperishable. So we've been born again. Our spirit's been born again by the Spirit of God. And it says here that it's by the abiding word of God. So it's God's word and his spirit that Jesus talked about in John chapter 3 that causes our spirit to be born again. When that happens, the spirit is born again, but the soul needs to be saved. What I mean by that is it needs to be transformed. Our spirit is the part of us that connects to God. The soul is our mind, will, and emotions that need to catch up to the transformation that's already happened in our spirits. So you can see here it says in verse 22, having purified your souls by your obedience to the truth. So when we obey, when we follow what the Lord says, that helps our souls to be purified. We are transformed by the renewing of our minds, it says in Romans chapter 2. Excuse me, Romans chapter 12, verse 2. And so that transformation comes about as our mind is renewed. And there's, so there's a connection here. It says it, it hits on it in two places, actually. Also in chapter 2, here that we just started, verse 2, it says, Long for pure spiritual milk, that by it you may grow up into salvation. So that growing up process also is that that transformation where we are becoming what we have already been made into in our spirits. The spirit has been born again and regenerated, and the soul is becoming that into that likeness of Christ. There's a beautiful word, we, we talked about cross-references recently, that describes being born again, and that's if you want to write this down for future study, Titus chapter 3, verse 5, talks about regeneration, the regeneration and renewal of the Holy Spirit. And that word regeneration means the coming of new birth because born again. And that's from a word study on Bible Hub, which is BibleHub.com is a wonderful website to study words in their uh, original language and also see many translations of the Bible and, and other resources. The Spirit and the Soul. If you have any questions on that, please feel free to contact me. Uh, I'm going to be putting my my number in the near the title underneath the title somewhere in the, the podcast here, so you can contact me on WhatsApp. If you're overseas, please uh, contact me by WhatsApp. Uh, if you're not in America, because I I can't do the overseas um, landline or excuse me overseas telephone without really high rates. So WhatsApp is the way to go. So. We are looking now at the second part here, starting 
picking up where we were at verse 4, as you come to him, a living stone rejected by men, but in the sight of God, chosen and precious, you yourselves, like living stones, are being built up as a spiritual house to be a holy priesthood, to offer spiritual sacrifices acceptable to God through Jesus Christ. So Jesus, he is our living stone that many men do reject, but in the sight of God, he is chosen and precious. And so he is laid down as a foundation, as a cornerstone, the key part of the building that keeps everything, that everything else is built upon. And so we, as living stones, are being built up as a spiritual house. So what does that mean to be a holy priesthood? So we're going to look at that. We're going to focus on being priests. And being priests, small p, under Christ, who is the high priest, we know that he is the high priest. And we're going to look at what Spiros Zodiatus said about in his in his work, the Complete Word Study Dictionary, New Testament, what he said about the priesthood. Quote, the priesthood was appointed to provide the means of access to God and prevent fear in approaching him. The essence of priesthood, therefore, is access to God based on an already existing redemption. Jesus Christ was to be high priest, giving them free access to God. There is thus a whole world of difference between knowing Christ as Savior and as priest. The former may involve only spiritual childhood, while the latter most necessarily includes spiritual maturity. So Jesus is our high priest. He is the one that went in into the curtain where the high priest would only go once a year in the Old Testament, and he offered his blood for the atonement for our sins, so our sins can be washed away. How how wonderful, how marvelous that we can approach the Lord, approach God through Jesus Christ because he has made the way. And a basic function of a priest was to represent man before God, Zodiacus also says. And that was right from Hebrews chapter 5, verse 1. For every high priest chosen from among men is appointed to act on behalf of God, excuse me, on behalf of men in relation to God. And it goes on. So what did a priest do in the Old Testament? Well, we can see that in Exodus chapter 19, God calls the Israelites. This is when he's at Mount Sinai with them. He says, You yourselves have seen what I did to the Egyptians and how I bore you on eagles' wings and brought you to myself. How Now, therefore, if you will indeed obey my voice and keep my covenant, you shall be my treasured possession among all peoples, for all the earth is mine, and you shall be to me a kingdom of priests and a holy nation. So the Lord wanted his people to be a whole kingdom, a whole nation of priests. But we know that they were afraid in this chapter of the Lord and his power, how he came, showed himself his glory on the mountain with the fire and, and the thunder. And so the Lord chose to have Moses be in, in between at that point. And then he, had, he, he did, uh, chose a priesthood. And that priesthood was to serve him. And so in Exodus chapter 29, it says, Now this is 
what you shall do to them to consecrate them, that they may serve me as priests. This is talking about Aaron and his sons. They were chosen to serve the Lord. So the first function of a priest is to minister to the Lord. And they were set apart. That mean, to, to be consecrated meant they were set apart for special use, special service to the Lord. And it says in Exodus chapter 29, verse 21, then you shall take part of the blood that is on the altar and of the anointing oil and sprinkle it on Aaron and his garments and on his sons and on his sons' garments with him. He and his garments shall be holy and his sons and his sons' garments with him. So today, as a nation of priests, like it says, if you read on in First Peter, talk, calls the people he's talking to a holy nation. And here, the verse we just read, it talks about being a priesthood. For us today, we are washed not with the blood of the goats and, and lambs and sheep in the Old Testament, but we are washed with the precious blood of Christ, like that of a lamb without blemish or spot. He's a pure lamb that his blood washed us clean. And his spirit is, the oil is symbolic of his spirit today, his Holy Spirit that lives in us as his believers, as his people. So we are set apart unto God, washed by the blood of Christ, set apart as the Holy Spirit seals us and comes to reside in us. And so what does that look like for us to be priests today? Well, first, we can see that from looking at the Old Testament, what they did, our first ministry is to the Lord, is to God. And throughout Scripture, it talks about praising the Lord and thanking Him. And so praise and thanksgiving is, is part of our service, of first to the Lord. And then obedience, serving the Lord, doing what He's asked us, asked us to do, what He's commanded us to do in Scripture, is another way of of being a priest of what we are, how we are to minister to the Lord first. And then that also flows into ministering to other people, which is our secondary ministry. We know Paul calls us to intercede, to pray on behalf of other people in 1 Timothy chapter 2. And we know we are called to preach the gospel to the people that God brings in their lives to be his witnesses. And so those are two very important ways, prayer and preaching that we can be witnesses, excuse me, that we can act as priests in this world to other people. And then there's other things that we can do as well, like we mentioned last time, giving um, of our resources, giving money or giving time or other things, just all kinds of different ways of serving as priests, serving the Lord and serving other people. It's amazing how what the Lord has done, he has taken us from the kingdom of darkness to the kingdom of his beloved son, he has made us his priests, washed away our sins, made us clean, and set us apart for service to him and to bless those in this world that he has sent us to minister to. So be encouraged by who you are. I encourage you to read First Peter chapter 2 and see who the Lord says you are in Christ, on our cornerstone, who you are built upon him. So until next time, may the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ and the love of God and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with you all.